That's right, Chaos Theory. This is your boy, Harbaugh Harge, that is uh, following Chaos Theory. Wags and Rodney Rodriguez do a great job leading in to uh, hanging with Harge. I am your boy, Harbaugh Harge, representing the 254, but now I represent the 512. As always, make sure you follow us at Texas Sports Unfiltered on Instagram and at TSU Unfiltered on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Hardball Harge. And we want you to be a part of the show. I see a lot of people are already active today. That is outstanding stuff. Make sure you hit us up on the CODA text line. That's right. Circuit of the Americas text line. As ever, as Rodney was talking about, he'll be at F1 this weekend. Hit me up at 512-222-9328. That's 512-222-9328. What up? What up? Good to see everybody hopping on with me. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna hit you back. Uh, goofy growing, Ruse goofy growing. Because I want to talk to you about some stuff. I'll hit you up in just a little bit. But as always, want to thank y'all for tuning in. There's a lot to get into. We have so much to un, uh, unravel. I don't have a guest for y'all today. I know you're a little disappointed. I know everybody tries to get in to uh, to talk to to listen to the interviews. I don't have one. I'll probably have one by the end of the week. But uh, I want to talk to you myself today because there's a lot for me to get into. Now, Texas Rangers, 2-0. They're up 2-0 after a big win in Houston. Philly take advantage of of game one in that wild-ass Philly fan base. I've been telling y'all, you do not want to go to Philadelphia to play baseball, football, basketball, anything, because that fan base is off the chain. The Cowboys take care of business with that road win in L.A., but it seemed to be a home game for them because there were so many uh, Dallas Cowboy fans out there in L.A. I also want to talk to you about the Texas Longhorn as they take on the Houston Cougars this week in H-Town. That might be a home game for the Texas Longhorns as well. Uh, I'm going to get into some Sark Presser sound because it is game week, ladies and gentlemen. And Dana Hogerson is ready for it. He was over there sounding a lot like Dave Aranda. I wonder why you would also do that. But we'll get into that. And as always, I want to thank y'all for tuning in to Hanging with Harge. Um, we'll start with baseball. Obviously, that's why y'all are here. You want to hear me talk about some baseball and everything that goes into it. The planning, the, the performance last night was as expected, if you ask me. Uh, the Texas Rangers go out and play, uh, I wouldn't say flawless baseball, but they played some damn good baseball. Situationally, as always, you got to always pay attention to that because the game can come at you so fast. Uh, shout out to my boy James. Shout out to Sal. Shout out to CB. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, I love it when you all hit me up early. But I want to talk about this Rangers baseball team. The Rangers improved to 7-0 and in the playoffs, instead, in, including six road wins. They have only played one home game this, season, this, this postseason. That, to me, is an amazing stat that I don't think a lot of people really look into. They have pretty much been on the road. For, they are 7-0 and with six wins on the road. They swept the Rays in the wildcard series. They swept the Orioles in the divisional series. And now they posted 2-0 victory, I mean, two wins in Houston for the ALCS openers. Uvalde, Nathan Uvalde, Mr. Clutch. Nathan Uvalde went out there and struck out nine, including two in a row after the Houston Astros loaded up the bases with nobody out in the fifth. Now, he was charged with the three runs on five hits, and that that he still got his third win. But I wanted to put something in perspective. And this is something that we have talked about right here on Hanging with Harge, and I'm sure everybody's talked about it on every show on this station. So you're sitting here and you're thinking about it. And the Houston Astros, being the team that they are, World Series champion, uh, defending World Series champion. Dusty Baker got his first World Series uh, last year. But you sit there and you think about this. They had an opportunity yesterday with the bases loaded, with Jose Altuve up there, Alex Bregman up there, and uh, Diaz was the pinch hitter in that situation. Diaz came in from Maldonado. He was, I think he actually led the team in hitting this year. 
Well, he was in, in, in the hunt for a batting title. But you sit there and you look at it and you say, how in the hell did they not get any runs? You know, you got a ground ball out. You got two strikeouts. Big pitching by Nathan Uvalde. And we talked about this being at home. Uvalde being a, a, a Alvin, Texas uh, kid out there throwing big flames. He was at 50 pitches through four innings. Yes, Jordan did his thing. He had two big home runs. And then um, Bregman hit one later. But you sit there and you look at this squad and you say, how does Texas do it? And the biggest part for me has been the pitching. You have some clutch players. You have some situational things that happen throughout the baseball game. But when you sit now and you look at how they were able to perform, this is the biggest question for me as an Astros fan. And I know Astros fan, my man Ike, uh, I just I know you're here so you don't get fined. I understand. I appreciate you coming to take your medicine. But my biggest question, and I want to ask this to everyone on the text line, 512-222-9328. Hit us up. But my biggest question is, as a Houston Astro fan, being down 2-0, losing at home the way that you have been losing at home, which is pretty pretty uh, sad, to be quite honest with you, because you always talk about home field advantage, and, and you always want to play in front of your home fans. And it is it is interesting to me that the Houston Astros, World Series champion, have not been able to be good at home. And this is this is the number that they posted last night, which I thought was kind of crazy. They are 476 at home. They have a 476 winning percentage at home. They are they have a 639 road for winning percentage. The run differential, they are minus 20 playing at home. Minimate, their home stadium. But they are plus 154 on the road. They average four and a half runs at home. On the road, they average 5.7. They have 96 home runs at home, and you know that's a band box. But they have 136 home runs on the road. Now, here's the other part of this, and then I'll ask my question. No team has reached the World Series with a losing record at home. Now, my question to you, Houston Astro fans, do you believe that your team can come back from this? It's just a question. Do you believe that your World Series pedigree, the history, I just told you how well they play on the road. Do you believe that your Houston Astros can go up to the guild and get the game back to H-Town? Now, I love it. I, I, I had no doubt you were going to say that. I had no doubt. Now, if that is possible, if for some reason that happens, how scared would you be about going back home? That, to me, is a problem. Houston, we have this problem. But I think you can figure it out. I know, CB, no team has ever come back from an 0-2 deficit. I understand. But I'm just curious to that. And I said this yesterday before uh, in in the show yesterday about the Texas bullpen. They continue to go out there and pitch well. Roldis Chapman, he gave it up yesterday as usual. And the question was asked by Wags to me, do you change it? Do you change the rotation and, and, and put Chapman at the back end and have LeClerc come in before him? And I said no. And both of them scared the hell out of me yesterday, to be perfectly honest with you. As you know, I already said I had the Rangers advancing. Sorry, Ike. I had the Rangers advancing to the uh, next round to play in the World Series because I said you have to beat the champion to get to the champion. 
to become the champion. It's like in Black Panda. I mean Black Panda. <laughs> Black Panther. It's like, is this your king? Is this your king? The Rangers are playing the role of Killmonger right now. They want to take that from you. They want to rally and be the team that represents the state of Texas from the American League. And they've had their opportunity. 2011, I know Ranger fans. I know Ranger fans. 2011 was tough. Nelly Cruz went into the wall, man. Get that done. But as you sit here now, this is the biggest problem. This is going to be the challenge. And as I was talking about, the Rangers are the fifth team in Major League history since and first since the Houston Astros last season to win their first seven postseason games. Kansas City holds the record at eight. Uh, they got an eight. They had an eight-game win streak to start the 2014 um, uh, postseason. The six straight road playoff wins by the Rangers is tied for the second longest streak in Major League history behind the eight-game streak by Sal's New York Yankees or Bucky's New York Yankees in 1996. Now, Nathan Uvalde's postseason numbers are something that has been unbelievable. And I know that Ranger fans, I mean, Astro fans are believing in Christian Javier because Christian Javier, I believe, is at 16 and two-thirds inning of of, of shutout baseball. So here it is. And, and I'm going to get to you, Cooter, because that is a, that is a dope, dope parlay that you have right there, my friend. But Nathan Uvalde's updated postseason numbers. He's gone 19 and two-thirds innings. He's got a 2.29 ERA, which so those runs came up yesterday. He's got 24 strikeouts and only one walk. He's making you earn that. He's making you earn that. And that has been the impressive part about what we've seen from Nathan Uvalde. Nathan Uvalde has been up there getting after it every single time. And when he takes the mound, the Ranger fans and the Ranger players understand that number one, there's going to be action because my man throws strikes. Number two, He's not going to waver during those moments. He's going to be right there and getting after. And number four, you know that you, when you go out there with a lead, you know that he's not going to just give it up for you. So what the Rangers did was get out, out to a lead. They put pressure on him. And believe it or not, Marcus Simeon finally started getting hits. Now, if he starts getting hits, along with Corey Seager, Adolis Garcia. This Josh Young didn't, didn't have his best game yesterday, but you know he's going to rally up. And then Leone Tumabares. Ben, look, Nathaniel Lowe got hits. Situational baseball, making them pay. Now, to credit to the Houston Astros pitching staff, they shut them down after that. I think they only gave up one more run after that first inning. But they have done some amazing things. And Bruce Bochy, I can't say it enough for what he's done in those situations and believing in their pitchers and making things happen. Now, on the contrast, Frammer Valdez told you yesterday, I said, I don't know what I'm going to get from Frammer. I think he, last year he had like 25 quality starts, which was amazing. But now I don't know who he is anymore. Said this to some buddies yesterday. I even text my old crew over at the radio station I used to work at. Rob Babers and, and Patrick Davis are, are huge, huge uh, Houston Astros fans. I told him, ever since he got that extension that we put into his head, he ain't been the same, dog. He ain't been the same. Uh, hey, man, maybe you need to cut that hair, bro. Be like Samson, cut your hair, man. I don't know. But it's been a fun series, and it's going to continue. Uh, they get back at it tomorrow. You'll get an opportunity to get up to the gilf. I know that the Ranger fans are excited about it. There's a lot of opportunities that are going to be there, a lot of uh, an anxious fan base. It's an anxious fan base. But most importantly, we're going to try to figure out what Houston Astro baseball team that we are going to see.
Is it that championship medal that they're used to? Is it this team that plays better on the road? Are you going to let your arch nemesis, the Texas Rangers, continue to enjoy, or are you going to put pressure on them? Because they haven't been there before. They haven't had that opportunity like you have in the last few years. It's going to be something that uh, we're going to need to pay attention to. You know what else you need to pay attention to? Covert BK. That's right. You need to get yourself a covert deal now all the time. Go out to Covert BK. It's nestled on 42 acres in a beautiful hill country. Covert BK has three new state-of-the-art dealerships, and they're covering seven brands, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And in addition to those seven brands, Covert has a, a Ford dealership in Huddle. I like that one. It's closer to me. And, of course, a Ford and Lincoln dealership in Austin. As they always say, no one beats a Covert deal, not now, not ever. And Covert B Cave has something for everyone. I just gave you all the makes and models and all the brands that you have out there, but they can service any vehicle that you have, uh, any make or model. They have 86 service bays, so your wait time will be minimal. Do yourself a favor. Go to covertbcave.com for the latest specials and inventory, or just stop by there and give them a visit. As I always tell you, go say hello to Marcus Washington Jr. and Sr., and of course, my cousin, Ira Clark. They work out there, and they will definitely get you hooked up. They're from the 254, and that's what we do, man. We take care of everybody. And also, during these playoffs, and I'm going to get into the Dallas Cowboys, too, in just a minute. And guess where I watched it at? Boom. I watched it on my TV from audiovisual consultations. That's right. They've been in business since 1988. And Tom McKay and his crew will get it all set up for you. I had problems with my remote control. I know, remote control. But the way he had it set up, I called him out. They got it figured out for me. Boom, they taught me how to use it. And now I'm back in business, folks. Whether it's a home theater, a man or woman cave set up, you can have an outdoor hookup, whether you want special lighting, you want surveillance cameras put in, whatever you need that has to do with audiovisual, what better way to go than AV Consultations. Go to avconsultations.com. Or give them a call, 512-255-8678, and let Tom and his crew take care of you. You don't want to go to the big box stores. You want to make sure that you're doing things right, and you don't want to have a lot of problems. Make sure you give Audiovisual Consultations a call. That's 512-255-8678, or go to abconsultations.com. All right, check this out. I'm going to talk a little bit about what we saw last night by the Philadelphia Phillies as well. The Philadelphia Phillies, have, I told you guys a while back, that was the team that scared me the most. I thought that they were coming in at the right time, the hottest team. And I know the Arizona Diamondbacks was a hot team too, but there is something about those Philadelphia Phillies, the swagger that they play with. And I know it gets on a lot of people's damn nerves, but I'm telling you right now, when Bryce Harper is locked in, don't forget, this was one of the best players in the history of baseball before he started losing his mind and acting a little bit too brash. The dude doesn't care. Bryce Harper graduated high school at 16. You know why? So he could go to junior college so he could move up in the draft. Dude went to junior college and became the best player in the junior college, in the home run after home run at 17 years old. So he's been in the spotlight. You know, people always bring up LeBron James and how he was on the cover, the chosen one, King James, all this stuff. Well, you know who else had that same treatment and has lived up to it as well? Bryce Harper. Think about it. Bryce Harper, when he was in high school, was hitting at uh, at Tropicana, where Tampa Bay plays, the Rays, and he had hit it off the top of the stadium. He was hitting 500-foot home runs as a kid. Look, I was fortunate enough to get drafted coming out of high school. Not like that, though. Bryce Harper was the number one overall pick for a reason. And he is showing it in the postseason. That is why I said I'm worried about Philadelphia. Well, then you add to the fact that they're going to have uh, uh, Castellanos, who's decided he wants to be part of the party. You got Trey Turner. I've been talking about him. 
than Bryce Harper leading that way. He turned 31 yesterday. I should have known he was going to hit a home run. I should have known. Those Philly fans love baseball. If you can't tell, they are loud the entire game. They're obnoxious as hell, but they are supportive of their team. And when you're watching them and you're watching pitch to pitch and how things are happening, it is the most intense. I feel, I'm uncomfortable. I'm sweating and I'm not even playing in the game because every pitch is high level. He continues to grow in October. They're trying to get to the title for the first time since 2008. He's a two-time MVP. He hit his 10th postseason home run. And then you got Kyle Schwarber, Mr. Easter Famine, leading off the game with a jack. He's got more home runs, leadoff home runs than Jimmy Rollins, former Philly, and Derek Jeter, Mr. October, for my man Bucky Gabo and my man Sal. You sit there and you watch these guys in the approach. Now, Zach Gellin, he's gonna, he was in the Cy Young running. He's a damn good pitcher for Arizona. I told you about Zach Wheeler, though. You saw Zach Wheeler go to work. And every time Zach Wheeler is on the mound, they believe they got a chance to win the damn game. And so do I. Zach Wheeler struck out eight through six innings to push past the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. He sawed off two bats with that heavy sinker. He's got a fastball that rides. He's got real long arms, so the delivery, that ball gets on you quicker than what you think. And it's been like that the entire time. He struck out eight through six. Remember when they were playing the Braves, the game they ended up losing because of the walk-off by – well, not the walk-off, but the great catch in center field. And that's when uh, they talked trash to Bryce Harper, and that's when they woke him up. And that's what I think the, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they need to be cussing out the Atlanta Braves for pissing him off because now he's out there just balling. But anyway, I digress. My man Zach Wheeler has been dealing and continuing to deal. Now you bring in that big lefty, Jose Alvarado, who got – a bunch of outs, got four outs on 15 pitches. And then Greg Kimbrough, Craig Kimbrough, who, by the way, was a former Brave. He worked a scoreless night for the same. So that team is something to be reckoned with, especially when you got two guys, two big lefties dropping bombs like it's nothing. So that's been real impressive to watch this uh, Philadelphia Phillies. I firmly believe that the Phillies are going to run away with this series, too. Yes, there may be a hiccup here or there, but I firmly believe that the Phillies are going to uh, open that can up. Sorry, I had Greg Swindell on with me last week, and uh, he's a huge, obviously, he's a huge uh, fan of the Arizona Diamondbacks. He won the World Series with them in 2001. But I'm just here to tell you, it is going to be something to be a hold, to be hold, because they are smashing. Just telling you. Make sure y'all smash the like button. That's right. Tell them, Goofy Growing. Y'all make sure y'all smash the like button. And that's how people over here hitting them home runs for Philadelphia. Jordan, he put some things on there. Oh, yeah, I said I was going to look at that. I need to make sure I give Cooter some love on here. Cooter had a parlay that, man, check this parlay my man had. Alvarez, Plus a homer. And you vaulted with six and a half strikeouts. $100. You got yourself 13 dollars $100. Boy, oh boy. We going to Sizzler, Cooter. That's dope. I like that. I like that. So, yeah, it was a big, big time matchup. Philadelphia is, uh, is one of the hottest teams in the game, as are the Rangers. I just gave you those numbers and how they're 7-0. But you continue to look at this, both of these series. They get back on the mound tonight. The um, Diamondbacks are on the mound tonight. Big matchup. Aaron Nola is pitching again in front of the Philly faithful. And they have Kelly going for uh, Arizona. So that will be the only baseball game that we will have tonight. But as always, man, you sit there and you look. And 
when your backs are against the wall and you are up against it, how are you going to react? Now, it's only one game in Philadelphia right now, so I'm not looking at it like I'm looking at this series with the Houston Astros. Houston Astros look like they're real, but in all honesty, they play better on the road. I don't know if y'all remember the numbers that I just gave you, but I'm going to give it to you again. The Houston Astros on the road have a 639 winning percentage. They are plus 154 in the run differential. They average 5.7 runs a game on the road, and they've hit 136 home runs on the road. So if we're going to go dumb and dumber, you're saying there's a chance. For sure. And my man Ike ain't backing down from it at all. That's what I love about Ike. He was texting me during the game yesterday. Not happy. Not happy, but he's done well. So here's the other part of it. I told you about the regular season and how it's gone down. They're one and three at home during the playoffs, but they're two and oh with a 1.50 ERA. Max Scherzer will go for the Texas Rangers. And you never know what you're going to get with him either because he's coming off of an injury. So Astro fans, lock in, baby, as my son tells me every day. Damn, lock in. If y'all can lock in, there might be some possibilities there. But then you sit here, and they're 2-0 and with a 1-5 ERA on the road. So you got a chance. They're going to send Christian Javier out there. He continues to have a bunch of scoreless innings, like I told you before, 16 and 13. I mean, 16 and two-thirds innings of scoreless baseball. So that's what it's all about right there. So keep getting excited, folks. Keep getting excited. Don't get too crazy over there, but get excited. I want to transition to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys went over to L.A. and played a home away from home game. That's right. It was almost like they was at home in the uh, SoFi Stadium. There was a lot of people that were there screaming for the star on the helmet. And the biggest star of them all was my man Dak Prescott. I know. I know. I told y'all I'm not going to fight you about it. You want to call him trash? Go ahead. Call him trash. But I told y'all I'm still going to support number four. You know why? Because like T.O. said, that's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. And my quarterback, Dak Prescott, showed up when he needed to the most. Game-winning drive. And I know people are like, oh, man, he missed that pass to uh, Pollard on the wheel route. I know. I know he did. But did he put him in field goal position to win the game? Show enough did. Show enough did. He was clutch. He was running the ball. What I've been saying the entire time, Dak needs to run more. I think he didn't want to run because he got hurt. As Bucky said, his leg was turned around backwards. A few years ago. So he didn't want to to uh, be in that situation. That's what I'm thinking. Now, I don't want him running every single time. It's kind of like what I said about Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers, I said he needs to run to extend drives and make some plays. That's what he's been doing. And has he made a long touchdown run here and there? Absolutely. Did Dak Prescott do that last night? Yes. You know why? Because of the fact he knew what, what what it was. He knew last week people were always talking trash about. Him. He knew last, last week everybody, the lead story would be Dak Prescott comes up short again. But I got some news for you. you I got some news for you. My guy, my guy, Clarence Chill Hill, you know, my partner, we've had him on the show a couple times. He always brings the noise. And he does a great job with, over there at the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. He posted this last night. The final field goal, field goal drive was the 20th come-from-behind win or get 20th game-winning drive of Dak Prescott's career. The second most game-winning drives in team history behind everybody's people. Favorite quarterback. Tony Romo. Tony Romo had 24. So understand that. 
It's the fifth most game-winning drives among quarterbacks since Dak Prescott got in the league in 2016. You know why you don't hear that? Because people want to hate. People want to hate. Oh, I like this right here. My boy, Kevin. So Kevin is working. I'm going to tell you all about my boy, Kevin Ellison, right here. He's a football coach at my former high school, Colleen Ellison. He's working great with those kids. And now he's got it planned for his class because I represent the 254 every day. If y'all don't know, y'all just don't know. But I'm always down for K-Town. Thanks, Kevin, for doing that. Appreciate that, brother. Uh, but, yeah, so you sit there and you want to hate on Dak every single week. And that is that, to me, is not cool. Because remember when Justin Herbert was being anointed by everybody? Everybody talking about Justin Herbert. If Justin Herbert was wearing a star on his helmet, he'd be getting lit up right now. Think about that. Justin Herbert, supposed to be clutch. Justin Herbert, supposed to lead this team. What did Justin Herbert do at the end of the game? Do an interception. That would have been Dak. We wouldn't even be able to talk about nothing else today. People be lighting Dak up for no reason. I got another, I got another little nugget for you about the quarterback that y'all want to get rid of. Want to put Cooper Rush in there. Stop it. Let me tell y'all something else. When Dak loses the game, by the way, the Cowboys now are 10 and 1 following a loss since 2021. Nobody wants to talk about that. Don't want to talk about how the Cowboys are making adjustments as they go. They're going to a bye week at four and two. Where, where was the national media yesterday talking about Jalen Hurts with all his interceptions? No, they, that's the best football team out there. The way that they go about their business is the way it's supposed to be. Man, stop it. Stop it. Put some respect on Dak name. Now, we still them boys, but I also told y'all I ain't going to fight you about Dak. Y'all want to hate on him? Hate on him. He's still my quarterback. I ain't going to fight you about it. But I want y'all to know this. Following a loss since 2022, Dak Prescott's quarterback ratings have been 113.2, one thirty nine point three, one thirty nine point three, one forty three point three, one hundred eight point five, and last night he went one hundred nine point three quarterback rating. Come on, man! Come on, man! Love that dude, man. You don't have to love him, love him like that. But I'm just saying, they have done some amazing, amazing things. And last night was no different. We had uh, Michael uh, Michael Parsons sighting finally at the end of the game. He came in and make big plays. You got Stephon Gilmore making the interception. Guys that needed to step up, stepped up. The one thing that the Cowboys definitely need to work on is the running game. We've talked about that. You're not going to win in, in September, I mean, in December, January without a running game. You got to be able to close out games. So I want to make sure that this is one of those things that you continue to, to work through. That whole line, by the way, did y'all see that play that Dak had where, where he broke out of the pocket, where he was about to do the Tony Romo backspin, and he got caught up and was like, no, nah, let me roll right. And I said this the other day, and if y'all been listening to me for the last couple of weeks, I said, I hate when he rolls out to his left because for some reason he can never get his shoulders square and he ends up making a bad decision. Well, he started to go that way and then he flipped back around and he rolled out right and he found Tony Pollard across the middle and he hit him, they spun him, and he took off down the field for like a 60-yard uh, reception or something like that. But if you go back and watch that play, Tyler Biotish, Tyler Biotish, the center, is healthy now. By the way, the Cowboys had their starting lineup. All the linemen were ready to go last night, which may be accredited to some things that helped Dak out. But if you watch them play, 
Tyler Biotis was running down the field to try to find somebody to block on a play where the running back is running up the field on a pass play. That's the thing that I love. That shows that heart. That shows that will to win. That was impressive right there. Go back and look at that play because it's on all the highlights. But ain't nobody talking about the big man hustling down the field to try to go clean somebody off the scrap heap. That's what I love to see. I'm down with that right there. That's some good stuff right there. But again, defense came up and made some plays. But I also, but like I said, told you guys yesterday, Justin Herbert was six and six in primetime games. Six and six. Now he's six and seven. He came up short. Their running game wasn't good either. Cowboys ran for 96 yards and they ran for 53. So it is one of those things that as this moment, capture it, four and two, still in a good spot. I'll give my power rankings out tomorrow. Cowboys are still going to be floating around up there. But this is something that the Cowboys can grow from. And I know I'm living in the moment. I'm living in the moment right now. We're taking it one game at a time. And I think it's important that we all do that. But watching them play last night, watching them be in a situation, tie ball game, Dak being able to go down to the field and, and capture that moment, and nobody, I repeat, nobody is uh, talking about that right now, which is really sad that you're not giving my man his love. And can we can we give a shout out real quick? And I, I I'm a big fan of the special teams, right? My man Brandon Aubrey, non-football player, has been 16 of 16 on field goals. You remember at the beginning of the season we were all losing our mind? You, you, do you remember in the very beginning of the season when we were all losing our mind because the Cowboys, if you're a Cowboy fan, we were losing our mind because the Cowboys couldn't find a, a kicker. Now, I'm going to knock on wood real quick because I'm going to give them some love. And I don't want to jinx them. But here we are right now. 16 of 16 from the field. And 12 of 13 of extra points from a guy that we knew nothing about. But we hadn't even talked about him this year and what he's meant to this team. The calmness, the collectiveness, the running out there and being put in a position and all he does is hit the middle of the of the, of the goalpost. That is outstanding. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know how they found this guy, but it's been really impressive, and I want to make sure that we gave that young man some love. I also want to give some love to um, Damone Clark and Marquise Bell. These are two guys that are in there that are replacing um, Leighton Vander Esch, that are getting opportunities to, to make some plays. And again, if you've listened to me for a while, you would have known that Marquise Bell was a, a fine. We had um, Chris Bond the, the, in charge of scouting for the Dallas Cowboys. He was on with me a couple weeks ago, and I asked him about Marquise Bell and how they were able to find that guy because I got a chance to call some games for Florida A&M a few years ago, and I got a chance to see Marquise Bell, and I was like, how is this guy not on anybody's radar? This dude is a baller. He is a problem. And that is what happened. So when you sit and you're looking at these situations and you're seeing some of these no-name guys, credit to the Cowboys scouting department and what they were able to find. Because it's been damn impressive. Some of these no-name guys that a lot of people don't have any idea where they played at, some small school guys. Deron Bland, a guy told me about Deron Bland at the very beginning of last year's season. And what does he do? All he's done is make plays. That play in the end zone last night where it was fourth down and it looked like Justin Herbert was about to find Palmer 
in the in the end zone and Deron Bland comes out of nowhere and knocks that ball down for an incompletion in the end zone. Somebody hit me up and was like, Deron Bland is that dude, Harge. Fresno State Bulldog. He obviously watches a lot of Fresno State football too because he was telling me about a quarterback, Hebner or something like that as well. And he said the Cowboys needed to draft him. But anyway, what a beautiful performance. We even had a Malik uh, Jefferson sighting last night playing for the Cowboys. He, he got promoted and got a chance to play uh, last night. So that was some cool stuff. And I'm just glad that the Cowboys are going into the bye week with a dub and nobody's going losing their mind this week. So it was good stuff. I, I, I was really, really impressed with that. Somebody that I think you're going to be impressed with, that's right, my folks over at 4RoofsTX. The number 4RoofsTX.com is where you need to go for all your roofing needs. As we've talked about this crazy weather and what goes on in Texas, don't worry about it. They, four roofs got you. They're, they are locally owned company that understands the needs of this area. They have over 15 years of experience, affordable pricing, and quick response time. They are thorough, and I trust them with everything. I've used them for my home. My neighbors have knocked on the door and asked about it because they've had some issues. So, I, had, I sent them over, and they've been able to use them as well. I know those guys personally. I actually was watching the game with them yesterday because uh, they're Ranger fans. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. They've got on-site project manager at every job to make sure that your job goes smooth. So give them a call today at 512-520-5884. That's 512-520-5884. Or go to the number 4roofstx.com. Com. I also want to tell you about the folks with Great Blue Heron Furniture. That's right. It's a custom leather company that was started, leather furniture company that was started in 1991. They focus mostly on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. And let me tell you, this stuff is beautiful. It's the highest quality furniture that you can find. You cannot and you will not find a more stylish, more comfortable, and more well-built furniture anywhere out there. There's a link at the bottom of this YouTube video description, and you can click on it, and it'll take you straight to our Texas Sports Unfiltered collection. And you can use the promo code HOOKEM, and you'll get 15% off your purchase. That's right. Use the promo code HOOKEM, and you'll get 15% off your purchase. If you're looking for furniture that looks amazing and built to last for decades, look no further than Great Blue Heron Furniture. You can click for more information on the link or give them a call at 866-247-9688. That's 866-247-9688. I want to talk a little bit, too, about college football and the Texas Longhorns. Texas Longhorns are going to be taking on the Houston Cougars. Coach Sark had his weekly press conference. It's back to game week. Uh, We'll hear from him later in the week as well. But it's game week. And there is so much to unravel when you get ready to go and play the Houston Cougars. And I know the Houston Cougars are not the team that everybody thought they were. And they they won last week. <clears throat> excuse me. They won last week with the uh, Hail Mary at the end of the game. They have a lot of talent on that team. But there's a lot that is still to be desired. So when you start thinking about the University of Houston, you think about Dana Holgerson. Dana Holgerson has has been battling against the University of Texas for a while, going back to his time with U of H. I believe he was actually at Texas Tech one time as a a young offensive mind with Mike Leach, and they were working together. So he's been battling against the University of Texas for quite some time. And he did the Dave Aranda thing yesterday. When he was at his uh, weekly press conference, a lot of people, you remember that – Dave Aranda at Baylor talked about, oh man, everybody. Well, let me let me change that. That would be Dana's voice, but I'm gonna talk like Dave Aranda. Um, yeah, I'm glad you asked me that question. Um, yeah, the folks around here, all they've ever said was, I don't care how many games you lose, as long as you don't lose that game against Texas. So the same voice, same statement was made yesterday by Dana Holgerson. And Dana was like, all oh, those people around here, all they keep talking about is uh, you can lose every single game and all you got to do is beat Texas and everything be all good around here. 
And that's the funny thing about it, because you remember when uh, Dave Aranda said that Texas went out there and gave them a butt whooping like it was corporal punishment from the 1980s, where you were still able to get licks out there. Texas beat them 38 to 6 at their crib. So, Dana, be careful. Because the Longhorns are coming, buddy. And they're ready. And I know you got some talent. And I know that you got some things that you want to work through. But let me tell you, Texas is relaxed. They are rested. And they are ready to go. And they got statements that they want to make. But, of course, my man Sark is going to talk positively and give you, you know, a lot of good things. The one thing that I was impressed with that you'll hear from Sark is on the injury front. From what I was told, I thought Jake Majors was going to be gone for the year. Sound like he was doing some work. But they did want to talk about the injuries and the rehab of everything that was happening let the bye week kind of trickle into game week and so it was important for us today to go out and have a good practice um, with the right mental intensity the right focus um, which I think the guys did because it, that's what it's going to take you know, th- this football team we're getting ready to play has an experienced quarterback which we all know uh, all too well uh, Donovan Smith in, in the transfer from Tech and how he played against us a year ago uh, and the challenges that he's, he presents um, you know, obviously two great returners, uh, you know, with, with Golden and Fleming in the kick return game and the punt return game, uh, a very active defense on the defensive front uh, with what they do with Caesar coming off the edge. And so um, all in all, uh, we know we know this team presents a lot of challenges. I think one thing I've been impressed with 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 Coach Holgerson's team is how they've improved throughout the year. Um, obviously had a great game Thursday night, a very exciting game, which we had a chance to watch. Uh, one that they had in hand kind of slipped away and then we're able to make the play at the end to win it. So we know we've got a confident football team that we're going to play against uh, in a sellout game on the road. Um, and so we've got to prepare uh, for the opportunity that lies ahead, which uh, I think our guys are well underway with that starting this morning. Yeah, they're ready to go. As I said, they got some things on their mind. They're trying to figure out um, what's next for them. They got all their goals still in front of them. So they're putting in the work and doing the things that they need to do to get themselves ready. Because this is the next step to reaching your goals. You're at the halfway mark. You're five and one. You got six games left, buddy. Go make the most of them. You start this week and you make things happen. But the one thing that they need to improve on is obviously... They got to score in the red zone. And how do they end up doing it? They got to improve the offense. And Sark talked about it. Our red zone execution uh, is an area where if we want to be the team that we think we're capable of being, we, we have to take that to another level. And so that evaluation was not just of the players. That was of the coaches. That was of the game plan. That was of the play caller. What are we calling? When? Why? What are our players good at? What do they execute at a high level? And what have they shown us throughout training camp and in practice that we should have confidence in them to go do. Um, so that is something that that I'm glad we were able to dig into and um, areas where I think we can improve. I, I think defensively. Yeah, gotta, they got to improve defensively. And I know I, I told you guys that I was going to talk about the injury update. Sark did give us the injury update, and I want to make sure that y'all understand. Who, you, you hear my point that I was making. Of the guys practice today, okay. So I, I think that's probably the the first part that's really positive. Where, you know, last week we really limited a lot of guys. You know, we limited you know Jake to to all about nothing. We limited JT to all about nothing. We limited Ryan to all about nothing. We really wanted to try to get them healthy. Today we came back. Everybody practiced. Um, probably the most limited of the group was Cole Hudson, uh, but they all practiced. Now as the week goes on, I'm going to have to make that decision later in the week of who is really ready to play i don't think to be fair to them that's probably you know to give them that chance to really practice on tuesday and wednesday uh in our physical practices to see to make sure that they're in position to perform and and to do it at a high level but i was encouraged today that they were all out there going um but again as the week goes on i'll i'll have a probably a very cleaner update of who's really going to be available saturday but uh today was a really really good sign yep yep Today's a good sign. That means that everybody's getting that opportunity to play and everybody's going to get their 
the, the best side of them. Now, like he said, he's going to have to balance this out to see who's going to be good, who's going to be bad, who's going to be able to travel. This is a big week. And I know that Texas is favored. They're, they're highly favored, uh, as they say. But uh, they need to go out there and execute. And it's going to be important for them to execute. Another thing that Sark was talking about was the young players and what they were able to do during the bye week and the work that was being put in and the execution that they were performing with at a high level. You know as well as I do, because Connor Robinson last week had to take majority of the snaps in that game. So you had to be prepared. And when you get in there in that Oklahoma, uh, that Oklahoma game, that was a problem. Because what you don't understand is how important that center position is with all the calls and all the setups and the checks and making sure that everybody's lined up. Yes, Quinn is the quarterback, and yes, he, he makes some of those checks, but the, the center does that too. So when you have an opportunity and you look at that, that is something that's huge for the Texas Longhorns as far as developing depth. A few years ago, there's no way we would have been able to survive in that game because of that, because we had the lack of depth. Now you have actual depth. And so Sark talked about self-evaluation and what he was able to do, what they saw with the red zone offense. How are they going to fix it? And like you said, you don't just think about the players. You got to look at the calls too. And I heard Jeff Howe talk about this the other day. He said they need to scrap a couple of those plays and never use them again because it created uh, negative plays. And I've talked about this, the whip route. Get that working. If you can get that going and have that anytime you want to on the red zone and make that happen, that's going to be huge for this Texas football team as they continue to get better. On a positive note for the Texas Longhorn, the O-line, the Texas O-line was named to the Joe Moore midseason honor roll. That, that just goes to the top uh, O-line in the country. And this is the first time I think in a very long time that this O-line, that uh, Texas O-line was even in a conversation. So that goes to his recruiting, that goes to their depth, and that goes to Kyle Flood and what he's been able to develop with this team. That's impressive because I remember there was no Texas Longhorn fan that ever loved the offensive line since Vince Young's crew with Casey Stutter. I got Casey. So that's something to pay attention to, and I really, really like that. Sark also brought up the fact that the offense pretty much moves the ball at will. Yes, there may be some moments at the very beginning of the game where they start off pretty slow and not as effective as we want, as we would like for them to be. But he's not lying when he says that they have moved the ball uh, pretty much any time that they wanted to. The problem is they haven't moved the ball in the red zone. I was talking to a buddy the other day. I said 24 times and only 11 touchdowns. That's not a good look for the Texas Longhorn offense, especially with a play caller like Sark, a guy that can scheme it up but he definitely needs to get that red zone offense back going. Um, a lot of things can is going to happen this week. They have they brought up the conversation. I want to leave it with one more conversation about Savion Red. Savion Red, the red package that everybody's been to calling it. He, he's been getting a lot of work. And I personally, because he was a quarterback, I think that there's going to be some more things that could come off of that. But when you, what we don't know and what we didn't understand is when Roshan Johnson, by the way, was a quarterback, when he got the Rojo package, he already knew how to read the offense, I mean, the defensive line. He knew how to read what's going on as far as where the blocking was going to be, the pace, and all of that. Savion Red played multiple positions since he's been here. So for him to be in that position, and don't forget he played Dalen Milrow in the uh, – the, on the scout team to be playing Alabama. So he's been getting some run at quarterback, but I thought this was an interesting take when he was talking about the Savion Red package. Um, has really grown into this. You know, it's it's always a little difficult when you when you change positions, right? He's kind of a high school quarterback, wildcat quarterback. We got him. 
his freshman year he plays wide out. Then we transition him to running back, and there's a lot of nuances to playing running back. You know, I think it's it's easy just to think get the ball and run, um, but but understanding blocking schemes, understanding fronts, understanding protections, uh, and all that goes into it, and that's a that's a really good room. There's a lot of talented people in there, but to find a niche for him in some of the short yardage running that that he was able to do, I, I thought was very effective. Um, and again, you know, hopefully there's more opportunities for him that present themselves in the second half of the season. I would love that. I would love for that to happen for that young man because he's got a lot of talent. We'll get into more of it. Texas takes on uh, Houston in Houston, 3 o'clock on Saturday, and we'll we'll be breaking it down all week. But I want to leave you all with a little bit of humor. As you know, Deion Sanders and his crew got beat this past weekend, and a lot of people have uh, taken their shots and, and had some – you know, some mean things to say. But Saturday Night Live does it like no other. If you miss Saturday Night Live, and I know you're listening in a car or wherever you are, and you may not be watching it on YouTube, but this was presented on SNL. So shout out to SNL for coming up with this. Listen to them break down Dion. One of the most exciting stories in college football is the Colorado Buffaloes, who have had a remarkable turnaround thanks to their coach, two-sport legend Deion Sanders. Here to comment is Deion Sanders. Hey. What's up, Kyle? What's up, What's up, man? <laughs> like that black dad joke. <laughs> Prime time in the house. You know what I'm saying? We just keep winning, man. Every game, every minute. We win in that life. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're also four and three, so uh, <laughs> so you have lost a few. Kyle, look at me, man. <laughs> what about me makes you think that I care about what you think about me? <laughs> you don't understand that my team has it all, man. Coaching, genius. Offense, explosive. Defense, trying. <laughs> it's a complete package, man. Yeah, well, millions of people are watching your games. You've obviously turned the program around, but it's not perfect. I mean, just last night, you lost to Stanford in double overtime. Wasn't that crazy? <laughs> Man, we were up 29 and nothing at the half. Yeah. So I went home and fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more to that, but I wanted to make sure that I played that for you guys just to have a little bit of humor because, you know, Dion is Dion and he's going to continue to be Dion. So there's only one prime. And he told you, get me now, because we come. I want to tell you about my good friends over at Pest Wranglers. Go to PestWranglers.com for all your pest control needs. Pest Wranglers is a locally owned small family business that's been around since 2006. Its basic principle of great customer service leads to happy customers. That's why Pest Wranglers won't make you sign a contract. Because they believe if you're a happy customer, you're not going anywhere. They have five-star ratings on Google, Yelp, Angie's List, and all referral sites. Pest Wrangler services most of the Central Texas area. And if you are in need of getting rid of mosquitoes, termites, rodent control, or you need inspections for your residential or commercial properties, please give Pest Wranglers a call at 512-670-7808 or go to the website at pestwranglers.com. And just remember, Dion went home and went to sleep at halftime. That's amazing right there. I love that stuff. Well, folks, I want to thank y'all for joining in, uh, tuning in today. We had another fun show, and I want to continue to keep it live with you. I appreciate all your comments. I appreciate everybody hitting me up. And, of course, don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar. Peace. Coming up next is the one and only Trey and BK, led by my man, Brad Kellner. BK, what's happening, dog? Not much. Did you, um, you know, I wasn't watching the show today. Did you happen to post any of your merch about midway through your uh, your broadcast today like Shador Sanders did at halftime of that Colorado-Stanford game? Did you see that? I was going to do that, but then I remembered that time that Chris Boyd posted <laughs> when he was in the locker room at halftime, and I knew that that wasn't going to be a good post so no i did not want to deal with the smoke after that that one stings man yeah that snl skit was hilarious but boy that (laughs) that was a heartbreaking loss for colorado on friday night man now 
Look, still a great season. They're still obviously moving in the right direction, and Dion's building something special. There's no doubt, but uh, they looked like, all right, they're for sure going to make a bowl game to now. It might be tough for them to get there, but hey, like you said, like he said, get them now because this is just year one of uh, something that could be brewing for a long time out there. Yeah, it's, it, 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 I was watching that game, and everybody was like, all right, man, 29-9, let's go ahead. And I'll get, I did like Dion. I went home and went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> completely got smoked yeah. well you guys have a great show today as always and uh i'll be listening brothers appreciate you great show appreciate you mike hardball <laughs> hanging with arch